Please do not message or call, as the following programme is a rerun of a previous live show. Any announcements made during the repeat may now not be applicable. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Inspire FM. You are joining us in the Ask Your Lawyer segment. Um, I, my name is Esther Olasa Hinde of Liberty Law Solicitors, and I'll be your host for tonight. Today, we're going to be talking about discrimination in the workplace and discrimination um, in the employment context. So with me, I have on mic three. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, good evening. Assalamualaikum. My name is Badr Lamin. I'm an employment solicitor with Liberty Law Solicitors. And Mike Ford. Hello, I'm Colin Witcher, and I'm a barrister with Church Court Chambers in London. Perfect. Thank you guys for being here with me and joining us. Um, so our context is going to be... Hello, I'm Colin Witcher, and I'm a barrister with Church Court Chambers. Our context today is going to be on um, discrimination. Um, if you guys would like to explain what actually is discrimination in the workplace context. Yeah, discrimination um, can arise for uh, a number of de- different reasons. Starting point really is the Equality Act um, 2010, which basically states what are the different um, areas in which you can be discriminated against. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you have what's known as a protected characteristic, mm-hmm. uh, which could be uh, you know race, religion, gender, um, it could be disability. Mm-hmm. It's starting uh, to grow a bit more. I'm seeing adding more. Yeah, so you know, all of these all of these different areas can be a protected characteristic. So, if you share those protected characteristic, mm-hmm. and you've been treated differently or less favourably, then potentially you can bring a claim for discrimination. Okay. Colin, do you want to...? Yeah, of course. I think we see mainly four types of discrimination Mm -hmm. as lawyers breaking it down. We see direct discrimination, we see indirect discrimination, Mm -hmm. and then we see harassment and victimisation, and each have a different impact. I suppose direct discrimination is the one that we hear about most from the press and the Mm -hmm. media, Mm -hmm. and it's the most offensive to many people, because it is what it says on the tin, it's the Ron Seal discrimination. Mm -hmm. So where you are being treated less favourably because of something that's true, something that's actually happening to you. You're not getting that promotion because you're a female. Mm -hmm. You're being treated differently because of the colour of your skin. That's Mm -hmm. direct discrimination, a direct act against you and your suffering. But we see a more nuanced approach too sometimes. That's when we move on to indirect Mm -hmm. discrimination. Mm -hmm. So that's where it's not so obvious, it's not so direct, it's more subtle. How does that work? Because I know we have a few phone calls of people coming in and they're a bit confused because they're not sure whether they actually have been um, discriminated against. And in some circumstances, they call into our offices mm. with a completely different matter. And yeah. then we realise, oh no, what about discrimination? Have you thought about that? Here, yeah. it sounds like that's an act of discrimination. So how does indirect work? If you can give any sort of yeah, examples. So take an example of indirect discrimination. Mm-hmm. Um you may say, um, I'm in my late 30s okay. and I've been working for so many years as a highly qualified, skilled employee. Mm-hmm. And you see a job advert and the job advert says you need 25 years of experience before you can apply. Yeah. Now, is that direct or is it indirect discrimination? 
because the employer there is saying, well, there's a reason perhaps why you need to have that level of experience mm. or expertise to be gained. Mm -hmm. Is it actually saying, because of your age, you can't apply? Yeah. Or is it saying, in effect, indirect discrimination, you're excluding a pool of candidates because of their, because of their age mm -hmm. or their ability to perform the job? Another example of indirect discrimination might be a policy at work. Yeah. So a policy, for example, that says uh, you have to work late on a Friday... Mm -hmm. Now, if you're a very religious person, perhaps Jewish and religious, you have to be home before sundown. Yeah. Now, there might not be direct discrimination because they're not saying we want you to work because you're Jewish late yeah. and you've got to do it. Mm -hmm. And our policy is because we have an issue with your religion. Yeah. But the indirect effect of the policy at work is that if you do have that religious faith, it could be any faith, Muslim mm -hmm. and the right call to prayer during the day, mm -hmm. there could be a policy that's not actually brought about by a dislike or a need to insult or discriminate. Yes. But the effect of the policy upon you as an employee mm -hmm. is affecting you because of your protective characteristics. Yeah. That's indirect discrimination. Not outright racism in that example, mm -hmm. but it affects you unfairly because of your religious beliefs yeah. or your sex. That's the difference between the two. Mm. Another example, for it could be, um, you know, if you're a Muslim, you have to go to Friday prayers. Mm. Mm -hmm which take place, you know, midday. Um, now, your employer, you know, might have a policy whereby we have to have a staff meeting at between 12 and 1 o'clock mm -hmm. every Friday. Yeah. Now, you know, that... That, that could indirectly di discriminate against you because as a as a as a as a practicing Muslim, mm -hmm. you need to go attend your Friday prayers, um, but because of this policy, um, you're prevented from doing so, yes. uh, and that could be an ex that could be an example of an indirect uh, discrimination policy. Um, in terms of a, an employer, employer would then have to show that it's objectively justified, mm -hmm. this policy. So what is the reason for having this meeting? Why does this meeting have to take place yeah. on a Friday between 12 and 1 o'clock? Mm -hmm. you know, could it not take place at another time or, or, or on a different day? So the employer would then have to show um, that, it's, that it's justified in having that meeting on, on that day on, during those hours. Okay. And statistically speaking, I know you both have dealt with employment matters and discrimination. What are the most common um, protected characteristics that you have faced? Because we have race, religion, sexual orientation. Um, what else is there? Genetic information, parenthood, um, pregnancy. So what are the ones that you normally are most common? that you've dealt with? Colin, yeah, I'd say recently, in most recent cases, sex has been a large issue. Yes. And that's often linked to equal pay. Mm -hmm. um, so um, without giving details away, perhaps in a teaching environment, whether uh, the female members of staff were being paid less than their male contemporaries. And if mm -hmm. they were, what was the reason or the logic behind that? Mm -hmm. um, uh, in terms of discrimination, uh, more commonly, I think race is something that most people... <laughs> believe is happening yeah. and it is happening it's mm -hmm. not lying it's not shy away from the topic this isn't something that people are just banging on about because mm -hmm. they want to be fashionable <laughs> yeah. you know and that's how the media portray it i'm afraid yeah. mm -hmm. it's easy for me to say i'm sat here as a white male mm -hmm. but the media sort of say oh race doesn't really exist this racism in the mm -hmm. workplace people didn't get the motion they're playing the race card yeah. and it line annoys me as a mm -hmm. lawyer and annoys me as a person member of society mm -hmm. there's no race card mm -hmm. but i think racism is something and it's not always direct no. 
is the indirect racism mm. that really is an issue. What kind of examples of indirect racism can happen at the workplace? Can you think of any well, on top of your head? It, it's linked more, I suppose, to that religion, that impact, that mm-hmm. sort of not understanding that actually because of the religion, which can be linked to race, of mm-hmm. course, um, that I need to take breaks at a certain time, yeah. I need to finish at a certain hour, mm-hmm. or having a certain belief even about parenting, mm-hmm. uh, which employers are unforgiving of, yeah. or they don't simply understand... Mm-hmm. And this is something we'll move on to later in the show. It's about having an adaptive policy, mm-hmm. about being open at work, having a procedure. How do you raise the concerns? Mm-hmm. Is the question we'll move on to. You know, mm-hmm. in our example earlier, if you are being impacted by prayer, mm-hmm. what do you do about it? You know, some people may automatically believe yeah. that their employer is being outright racist mm-hmm. and they therefore feel rightly aggrieved. Yes. But some people see the best in people mm-hmm. and they may think, well, he's not being racist, my employer. Mm-hmm. He hangs out with me. He's been to my house. He knows I'm a Muslim. It's just mm-hmm. the meeting. But they haven't thought themselves actually about the indirect discrimination that's that happened yeah. because of their religion. Mm-hmm. So you get the two extremes, people who may not know they're being actually discriminated against mm. or that they could ask for something to happen. Yeah. Raise a grievance, ask about that meeting, mm. say you want the time change, and these are the reasons why. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what we're seeing lots and lots of in the workplace. Okay. Mm. Yeah, so uh, commonly, like um, Colin is saying, race is a, is, is a common, mm. um, you know, a common grievance for people. Um, you know, especially when it comes to things like promotion, can be a very mm. sort of um, it's a hot topic. Um, you know, I remember you know going back to when I was involved in the teaching union really, and there was a lot of uh, people felt that um, they faced a glass ceiling when it came to promotion, mm-hmm. especially into the management positions. And um, you know, the trade union did a lot of research into that, uh, and they found that um, in terms of uh, management positions. Um, you know, senior leaders tend to sort of go for people who come from the same sort of background as them, same sort of culture. Mm. Uh, so that can feed into kind of indirect, direct discrimination, really. Yeah. Uh, so that's common. Disability is quite a, a common one um, mm. in terms of uh, disability discrimination. Okay. It's becoming sort of more and more common, actually, yeah. especially, um, you know, mental health, psychiatric exactly. injury. Um, you know, so having quite a lot of, uh, quite a big impact on people in terms of their... Uh, working ability and, and discrimination that they suffer. So, yeah, I would say sort of race, um, uh, you know, se- um, sex mm-hmm. um, is a common one, especially, you know, sexual harassment. Mm. It's quite a hot topic at the moment. Yeah, exactly. um, so a lot of people are, you know, starting to wise up, really. Mm. I think that's what it comes down mm. to, um, you know, people, you know, reading about what's going on. Yeah, you know, the me- such yeah. yeah, the Me impact. Too, yeah. there's a Me Too debate. Um, and and people are thinking, well, actually, that's happened to me. Yeah, <laughs> for a lot of the time. Yeah, and I think linked linked to that mm-hmm. is victimisation. Mm-hmm. Yes, because people are now starting to say to their employers, actually, I'm being touched inappropriately in the meeting, or I don't want to be called love and darling in your mm-hmm. hand resting on my thigh. Mm-hmm. And then they're not getting the promotion the month later. Yeah, or they're the first 
yeah. in the queue for redundancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what you're seeing is that where people want to stand up against it, they're then worried mm-hmm. that there's going to be some kind of repercussion. repercussion. Yeah. And that's where victimisation actually is recognised as its own sort of almost head of claim, isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. That belief that if you've raised something and then you're being treated less favourably because you've raised it, mm-hmm. that in of itself is your own sort of challenge you can have yeah. uh, in, in the employment tribunal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of the work Workplaces, uh, unfortunately, there's a, there's a lot of macho culture mm. um, in in some work in some sectors of um, of of employment, really. Um, especially, you know, if you look at the, sort of the banking, sometimes uh, a little bit in the banking, stock stockbrokers and, yeah. and things like that. Even in law firms, unfortunately, <laughs> um, there is a sort of macho culture mm-hmm. uh, and a very um, hierarchical culture, and people think, well, you know, I can do whatever I want to my employees mm-hmm. or because I'm a, a partner or a, or a senior director, yeah. um, I can go about doing whatever I want to do. Uh, and that, unfortunately, leads to um, a sort of breach in the, um, the boundaries, really, of what's acceptable in terms of employment relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're seeing a lot of that. If you read the papers, it's, 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 it's everywhere. You know, it's, all, it's happening quite commonly now. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's really about you know, people really sort of standing up mm-hmm. for themselves yeah. um, and really putting, you know, putting in a grievance or a complaint mm-hmm. um, about what's going on okay. in the first instance um, because, you know, if you don't, then effectively you could be seen to be waiving the breach. Mm. Is that right? Before yeah. we go on to that, because that's what I want to ask yep. next, what is someone supposed to do when they feel that they've been discriminated mm. against? Before we do that, this actually is an interactive session. So if you have any questions, please do not hesitate to call in on 01582 We're also on Facebook Live at Inspire FM. Um, so, yes, moving on. If someone now is maybe even listening and saying, hold on, this is... Maybe happen to me. Where do they start? What is the best line of action? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the starting point has to be what is arguably the most difficult thing to do, and yeah. it's actually to grapple with the issue and to raise it. Yeah, and your employer should have. And if there's employers listening that don't have it, you need it. Mm-hmm. A formalised grievance policy. Yes. You can try informally raising it first. Have a quiet word. So, for example, if it's you're feeling uncomfortable, mm-hmm. perhaps about the way another member of staff speaks to you, the way they interact with you, mm-hmm. try and discuss it first with your line manager mm-hmm. or your HR department, yeah. or even if you're comfortable enough, that person themselves, because they may actually not know that they're, what they're that the behaviour is unwanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not making excuses for people, but sometimes they don't really know that you're not in on the joke, mm-hmm. because we're so good now at poker faces and laughing along that actually we don't like to say, mm-hmm. actually, I don't like the way you're speaking to me. So try and raise it. If that informal, polite discussion or chat hasn't worked, mm-hmm. we've used the word, it's our buzzword, it's, it's grievance. Mm-hmm. Raise a grievance. And use the word grievance mm-hmm. when you send the email to your employer, whoever you're told you should raise a grievance with. Use the word grievance. Mm-hmm. You're triggering an internal procedure at the firm, wherever you're working for the company. They've now got to activate their grievance 
procedure. Yeah. They've got to deal with it and give you a resolution mm -hmm. and propose one to you to see where you want to go with it. Now, some people are very worried about raising grievances, mm -hmm. naturally. I don't want to go to my line manager or the MD and say, I'm not really happy about this, or I think I didn't get the promotion mm -hmm. uh, because of the colour of my skin, or I didn't get the promotion because I'm a female, and you keep joking about the fact I've got to get home for the school run. Mm -hmm. But you've got to raise it. Yeah. You've got to. Because some employers actually want the opportunity to resolve issues. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of work with employers about making sure they've got the correct policies and procedures in place. Mm -hmm. They want to be able to deal with the issue. No one actually wants an employment claim. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So they want to find the best way of helping you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they can be resolved. Mm. And the employer will know also about that safety net of a victimisation claim. Mm -hmm. So if you've brought something, even if they dismiss it, they say, actually, we can't be sure what you say happened mm -hmm. at the staff party actually happened. Yeah. And therefore we've closed your grievance, but thank you very much indeed. Mm -hmm. If suddenly two weeks later your pay gets docked, or you don't get the holiday days that you want whatever else does, yeah. they know they're leaving themselves vulnerable for you to say, hang on a second, I raise yeah. a grievance, the next thing you do is start treating me really quite badly. Mm -hmm. So that should give you the confidence to say, I'm going to raise it, yeah. I'm going to do something about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like yeah. so just, you know, what Colin's saying is that um, it's really important that you raise the issue. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you sort of, um, you know, bury your head in the sand and hopefully, you know, hope that it'll go away, mm. you know, a lot of times that's not going to resolve the situation. And if things get worse mm -hmm. further down the line, um, then, you know, the employer will say, well, look, you, you, you didn't say anything. You didn't tell us about it. So mm -hmm. how, 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 how did he expect us, you know, how did he expect us to deal with it at mm -hmm. the time? Um, also, in, in you know, if, it, if it's, you know, something that potentially can end up in an employment tribunal, um, then... A tribunal will look at whether you know when did he raise this complaint mm. did he give you employee an opportunity to address the situation yeah. so all of these things will will then come into place um, so it's really important that you know if there is an issue at work mm -hmm. is that you raise it um, like Colin is saying informally you have a word or say look well you know I think this is an issue mm -hmm. um, try to get it resolved if that doesn't do the job then the next step is to actually put something in, uh, you know, formally yeah. and ask the employer to, to investigate and also to state what exactly are you looking for mm -hmm. as an outcome of that grievance. And I want to reassure listeners, I've seen grievance letters go into employers mm -hmm. and the situation be dealt with and there's no adverse effect whatsoever. Yes. It, it can truly work. Mm -hmm. it, it can work. Yeah. And if you're in doubts then you can also go and seek legal advice mm -hmm. or go to a local citizen advice bureau, yeah. get some independence, some eyes scrutinising what you're saying has happened. Mm -hmm. But what I would also say, we discussed this earlier before we came on air, that if there is a pattern of behaviour at work, keep a note, keep a log. Yes, mm -hmm. I was going to say yeah. someone... That's a practical step you can do mm -hmm. because when you're later discussing it with your employer in a grievance meeting... Mm -hmm or you're discussing it with a solicitor about whether there's a claim, or you're then preparing a witness statement if you're going the whole way for a case. Yes. Having that contemporaneous log mm -hmm. is really quite key and important for you. Mm -hmm. So in terms of what you can do about it, it's not just simply reporting it, but keep an objective log of what happened, where you were, who would have seen it. Mm -hmm. So if you've been racially abused in the office by your manager, write a note. Mm -hmm. It was 12th of 
January, four o'clock. Steve and Paul are also in the office when it happened. Yeah. <coughs> exactly the importance of also having witnesses yeah. because we know that bringing a claim and employment as a whole mm. timelines and dates mm. are quite precise they want yeah. to know what's going Indeed. on yeah. so what are the dangers of someone you know leaving a grievance too late or not speaking up sooner what is the danger of that well the thing is you know first of all in terms of i just want to go back onto that point in terms of um in terms of evidence and mm -hmm. keeping a log um it, you know one of the difficulties i'm sure colin will will agree one of the difficulties is trying to prove your claim yeah trying to prove that prove that you've been um discriminated against and it's very difficult especially you know in the de day and age that we live in very, you very rarely find very hard evidence mm -hmm. that oh uh, you know someone you know, say something to you um, directly, in, you know, oh, I'm treating you differently because you're a Muslim or I'm treating you differently because you're black. Mm -hmm. It's very rare to, for someone to actually make that kind of I comment. It's very that, subtle yeah. behaviour and that's the important, that's hence the importance of keeping a record of things that are taking place mm -hmm. um, because, you know, it's very difficult to, you know, a lot of the time to actually prove it. Um, so, um, hence, you know, that's why you need to keep Mm. form of records um, if there's something in writing in terms of emails and things like that mm -hmm. keep copies of those um, and you know if they're very very important emails you might want to sort of you know keep keep a copy of it because mm -hmm. sometimes you, you can end up just being you know suspended at some point you know if it's victimization claim suddenly you, you go into work one day and say oh so, sorry we've blocked access to your email yeah. so you know all that evidence you, you know it's it's gone um so in terms of yeah time limits in terms of employment tribunal claims there are very strict time limits mm -hmm. so you need to bring a claim within three months less one day okay. so if you you know if if an act of discrimination is taking place um the clock is ticking effectively from the act of discrimination um especially if you're looking to bring in an employment tribunal case yeah. so you have three months less one day to start what's known as ACAS reconciliation, mm -hmm. um, which is the first step before you can uh, submit a claim to an employment tribunal. Um, so if something's happened at work, you know, someone said something or you've experienced some kind of discriminatory behaviour, mm -hmm. um, you shouldn't really sit around and wait for, for things to take place. And just going into the grievance, what happens a lot of the time is something happens at work, you stick in a grievance and then six months down the line you're still waiting uh for oh, someone okay. to actually get back to you on that grievance but um you've you've effectively you've uh, you're out of time in terms of bringing a claim mm -hmm. so if you did you know something that happened at work it's not been dealt with you submit a grievance don't go by your employer's timetable yeah. think about the the three months less one day mm -hmm. clock Okay. Mm -hmm. I think that's excellent advice. And I think as a lawyer, as a barrister who argues these cases and also mm -hmm. argues a lot in the criminal court with the jury, I think in a very crude sense, delay is often associated with fabrication, I'm afraid. Okay. Because what you're saying to a tribunal is it was really bad. It was so bad. I was racially abused or I got ageist comments every single day. Mm -hmm. And the question you're asked is, so you must have gone straight into the office and said help i can't take it mm -hmm. oh no i sat there for three months yeah i sat there for two months mm -hmm. and that's not always right yeah because we all know from other areas that not everyone will react the same way mm -hmm. to a trigger juries for example in rape trials are, are warned by the judge mm -hmm. not everyone's gonna 
say if that happened immediately. Yeah. It's the same in employment context, we refer to employees. We may react differently to someone else. Mm-hmm. If I was insulted, I may go straight in to my employer because of my characteristics and say, hang on a second, mate, I'm not taking that. Mm-hmm. Someone else might sit there and suffer in silence. Yeah. But in a really crude way, rightly or wrongly, lawyers, barristers and effectively judges mm-hmm. have to make a credibility assessment in these cases. Mm. Because sometimes they'll say, I never said that to her. Mm-hmm. I never did that. And delay, therefore, can come into it. Mm-hmm. That's where that log helps. Because if you're not strong enough mm-hmm. to say, actually, I'm going to go straight into my manager's office, yeah. that log, again, almost serves as a buffer, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. To that lack of doing anything right then and there to say, but I kept a note, I was very measured, mm-hmm. I haven't invented this 104-page log <laughs> after the event, yeah? Yeah, yeah? I did what I was told to do. I did what Inspire FM told me to do. <laughs> I kept my log and I've done it properly, yeah. even if I can't go and march in there straight away. Oh. So I think... Yeah, crude assessment. And on the three months one day, I think this is right, I'll be corrected if I'm wrong, that discrimination can be ongoing, yeah, can't it, of it can course? Be, yeah. Okay. So don't panic if you think, well, the first time I was insulted was a year ago when yeah. I joined the office. Okay. If there's this ongoing discrimination, <laughs> yeah. uh, then that may allow that time to, to limit from that as well. The last, yeah. from the last yeah. so, so the clock um, starts ticking again okay. from yeah. the, the most recent act of discrimination. So if it's an ongoing issue at work you know if you've got someone there who's making comments uh then effectively the clock will just start ticking again from the most recent act of discrimination uh but at the same time you know it could just stop yeah (laughs) and then that's it you know that's (laughs) it so um you just have to especially if you if you raise a grievance or something like that and Mm -hmm. then discrimination stops yeah um, but you want to bring a claim Mm -hmm. so you just have to be you know, you just have to be mindful of the, of, of the employment tribunal clock, mm-hmm. effectively. But, yeah, if there's, you know, ongoing series of, of acts of discrimination, mm-hmm. then the clock starts ticking from the most recent one. Yeah. Um, and you can bring all previous acts of discrimination mm. back in from, from, the, first the, from the most okay. recent. Yeah, from the most recent. And you can say, well, look, it's a series of acts mm-hmm. of discrimination. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the tribunal will be able to hear all, all the acts of, of discrimination. Okay. Okay. Um, we are going to be going on break very shortly. We've just we have discussed quite a lot this first half. We've mm. talked about what discrimination is, hot topics in the news like sexual harassment, equal pay, and the Me Too movement. We've also discussed what to do when bringing a claim. So please join us back after the break. We'll be discussing more about what the next steps are and what type of people can bring a claim forward. Please join us after the break. Thank you. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programmes from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Hello and welcome back to Inspire FM. My name is Esther from Liberty Law Solicitors and I am your host for today for the Ask Your Lawyer segment. Um, just in case you were not joining us before the break, I'll just reintroduce um, our panellists for today. On mic three, we have... Bodra Lamin from Liberty Law Solicitors. And on mic four. Uh, Colin Witcher, a barrister from Church Court Chambers in London. Thank you, guys. Um, so just before we start again, um, you can call us in if you have any questions on 01582 
Now, before the break, we were talking about discrimination in the workplace and in the employment context as a whole. We talked about who can bring a claim, the protected characteristics, um, uh, what to do. Also, we gave some um, advice on the best way to log your complaint and make sure that your complaint or your uh, discrimination issue is actually taken forward if you actually do have a claim. Mm. Um, So moving on, um, before the break, we discussed about grievances and talking to your employer and making sure that um, your issue is actually picked up if you do have one. So what happens if you've raised a grievance, maybe you spoke to your manager, your line manager, you've had a discussion, nothing's happened, you sent in a letter on email and have actually put the title grievance maybe even to the head of HR and nothing's really happened. What do you guys suggest the next steps are after that? Well, you know, once, you know, if, if the matter's not being resolved, then you have to look at what else you, what else you can do in terms of getting some form of redress. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> you know, you could potentially look to submit a claim to the employment tribunal. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to have left your employment. A lot of people think, well, you know, uh, I have to have left m- my employment mm-hmm. before I can bring a claim. Okay. Uh, but you can actually be still be employed and you can, you can bring a claim. Mm-hmm. Um, against the employee in terms of employment tribunal. Um, but there are other ways of, of dealing with the situation without it going all the way to a, a, a tribunal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important that you get professional advice because lawyers can often write to employers on a without prejudice basis, an off-the-record basis, mm-hmm. um, saying, well, look, uh, I represent so-and-so, and they will bring a claim for discrimination, or direct discrimination, mm-hmm. um, you know, if the matter is not resolved, or um, if if there isn't any form, some form of compensation um, available. Mm-hmm. So that, a lot of the time, that works quite effectively mm-hmm. um, you know we have a lot of success with um, without prejudice letters so actually you don't really need to sometimes go to an employment tribunal mm-hmm. it can be resolved but it's got to be done uh, you know in a professional way yeah I think that's um, mm-hmm. so but yeah if the matter is not resolved then the option available to you is to um, go to employment tribunal um, there are also you know a uh, when we talked about disability discrimination, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the time when you know someone's you know suffer from disability, they want what's known as reasonable adjustments. Yes. So they want adjustments in terms of their you know the working environment. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if your em- employer fails to put into place reasonable adjustments, then potentially you have a claim for failure to make reasonable adjustments, mm-hmm. which is specifically a claim under the Equality Act. Okay. Um, now you know you could be, you know if you if you're someone who's disabled, you might just want reasonable adjustments. Yeah, you're quite happy with your job, <clears throat> and no problem. But you know, you you're feeling a bit tired in the afternoons, or uh, you know, finding it difficult mm-hmm. getting to work. You might want some kind of adjustments to your to your work you know working pattern. Mm-hmm. So you know, if your employer fails to make those adjustments, yeah. then, you know, potentially you've got a claim there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, those are the options that are available to you if, if um, y- you know, if the grievance doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think um, 
the thing to remember here is that your employment hasn't had to have been terminated. Mm. <laughs> I think people always associate employment cases actually with, I've lost my job. Yeah, help me. Or I've been sacked, <laughs> mm-hmm. and therefore I now need redress. A lot of cases that we do, and I've done with this team and with Attic at Liberty mm-hmm. Law, have involved people who are still very much employed with yeah. the employment tribunal and they're mm-hmm. with their employers mm-hmm. on the table next to us yeah. in, front of the, in front of the judge, mm-hmm. arguing over in that case, by way of example, um, disability discrimination, whether a shift pattern at work mm-hmm. was affecting uh, the care of a disabled son, mm-hmm. uh, discrimination in that way. So you haven't got to march out the door and claim constructive dismissal. There may be something you want. You may want a reasonable adjustment. The classic one we see all the time is, well, there's a disability. You actually love your job, but Mm -hmm. perhaps the chair isn't right for you. So you need an orthopaedic chair. Mm. It's a lot of money. The employer says no, no, it will just be quiet. Mm -hmm. You know, you might bring a claim for the failure to make a reasonable adjustment, Mm -hmm. that you want some kind of order made, Mm. uh, a recommendation. In fact, your your chair be reinstated or this type of chair be ordered. Mm -hmm. This isn't always about money. Yeah. I think people often feel quite dirty when they talk about employment law. They mm. they assume it's, they're going to be thought of as a person who just wants money from their employer, mm-hmm. you know, a disgruntled employee. Mm. It's, it's much more than that employment law. It's much more nuanced than that. Yeah. Some people just want to be happy in where they are and yeah. don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. And people it might find it strange that you can have an employment case against your very employer mm-hmm. where you are still employed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can, and it happens. Mm. And it works. Yeah. You know, that's what it's there for. It's there to make sure employers behave themselves, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to use it. But I think the, the great thing about the advice there is, and I've always been taught the same, a very wise barrister, Camilla Whitehouse, once said to me, never underestimate the power of a bloody good letter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the employer will know mm-hmm. when you've written. Mm-hmm. And even if you sign the letter and take an advice on what it should say, yes. they get scared mm-hmm. when they see a properly drafted letter. Mm-hmm. And you can have results with a properly drafted letter. Mm-hmm. Don't feel ashamed that you don't quite know the right thing to say. Yeah. Go to a solicitor. That initial fee or initial conference for a letter and some advice could save you a lot of pain and angst and angst mm. going forward. Mm-hmm. It might get you that result you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a lot, a lot of the time employers, they want to avoid you know, tribunal claims and that, because exactly. it costs them a lot of money, yeah. time. Uh, a lot of time and effort and energy, which they could be spending, you know, improving their business, mm-hmm. you know, increasing the profit margin. So, um, you know, they'll, they'll put a lot of weight in terms of, uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of a good letter. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will, you know, a sensible employer will look to avoid um, any kind of confrontation, really, in terms of a, a tribunal claim, mm-hmm. especially if you're still employed. Yeah. Uh, because you have, you have a lot more sort of negotiation position when you're still employed yeah. rather than when you've left employment. Um, so, yeah, really important, um, you know, really important point there. Mm-hmm. And you guys mentioned about um, making reasonable adjustments. What kind of other compensation can an employee look to maybe receive if they have been discriminated against? Well, if you've been discriminated against, um, the redress is, you know, effective compensation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, unless it's, um, you know, if you're, for example, disabled and you're looking for reasonable adjustments, a, a tribunal can order um, sort of, you know, adjustments for employing to put in, to, into place adjustments, but mm-hmm. mainly the redress uh, and you know th- that people are looking for and what the tribunal can order is compensation. Yeah. Um, in terms of tri- uh, discrimi- discrimination claims, it's uh, injury to feelings. Okay. 
as well as injury to feelings and there's what's called vento bands which is you know three bands of of compensation effectively um, you can also potentially claim for injury to health as well okay. if the discrimination has made you really ill um, so if it's caused you a lot of stress and anxiety and mm-hmm. if you have to go to your GP uh, and you've been off work for a long period of time mm-hmm. you can also claim um, an injury to health award as well Um, so and those are the main ones if you've had to leave your employment because of the discrimination you can also claim for compensatory losses so um, if you've uh, found it difficult to find another job or you've had to get another job which pays less Mm -hmm. you can claim the difference in terms of your uh, as compensation okay yeah yeah um, and moving on, I think during the break we're having a quick discussion amongst mm. ourselves. Mm. Um, and Colin, you said something about perceived characteristics. Now, what does that entail? Because I know we've listed um, quite a lot of protected characteristics like race, yeah. sex, religion, uh, maternity. Um, how does that link to actually that being perceived and not being yeah. a direct? So it's, it, when we go back to our example we started with right at the start of the show mm-hmm. about direct discrimination. Yes. Um, normally we find it's actually true, mm-hmm. that direct discrimination. We also have di- direct discrimination by what's called association. Mm-hmm. So perhaps uh, because you have a disabled child, mm. you are receiving abuse at work. Now, yes. you're not the disabled person, mm-hmm. but there's that direct association mm-hmm. to your child. Mm-hmm. What you can also have, which I think is unusual, your listeners might find, is this kind of direct discrimination by perception. Now, what that means is it doesn't actually matter whether the abuse subject Mm -hmm. is correct or not. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you're being abused because someone's really saying you're of a particular faith and they keep hounding you for it, but you're thinking... But, but I'm actually not. Mm-hmm. So does that mean I can't bring a claim? Yeah. Well, you can, mm-hmm. because your characteristic is protective and the perceived characteristic is protective. Mm-hmm. Um, so we often find it in age where you're not actually the age someone thinks you are. Mm-hmm. And they think, well, I, he keeps, you know, can I bring a claim? Mm-hmm. You can. Mm-hmm. I'm not actually of this sexual orientation, but I'm being abused as if I am of that orientation. Mm-hmm. But I can't bring a claim because I'm not actually being abused because it's not true. Yeah. Well, that covers that arena, actually. Okay. That, so the abuse you're suffering might not be right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It might be wholly wrong factually, mm-hmm. but that won't be a bar. Mm-hmm. That's what we mean by a perceived characteristic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people might walk a certain way not because they're disabled. Mm-hmm. Again perceived characteristic mm-hmm. it doesn't matter you haven't got to prove as a starting point yeah. that discrimination or the abuse is actually well-founded facts mm-hmm. when you put it like that it seems simple and obvious yeah. but actually a lot of people think well i'm being bullied but for something that's not actually true it's like the old school ground <laughs> classic isn't it yeah. mm-hmm. you know it's not true therefore i can't really moan about it yeah. you can you can yeah. still bring a claim for it mm-hmm. I think that's quite important especially because i mean what with the cases i've dealt with um a lot of the um, issues is that it's actually not them, but it might be their children yeah. as a disability, mm. or even them just being um, parents in general. That yeah. you see that it does infect affect their employment. Well, I think that's why I think, and uh, you know, I think particularly with women in the mm-hmm. workplace, yes. they're always worried. You know, um, the classic one in the movies, but I think mm-hmm. does affect real life. Is mm-hmm. they're going to assume I want children, mm. and there's a promotion coming up, mm-hmm. and therefore. Do I reveal that my plan is to have children in, in two years' time? Mm-hmm. And one of the examples we see often worked is someone going for promotion yeah. and then 
the employer not giving it to them because actually the employer's thinking, oh, I'll take the bloke because she's of a childbearing age and so mm-hmm. she's blatantly going to want children. Mm-hmm. Now, it might not be true whether you do actually want children, but there's still sort of a sex discrimination, mm-hmm. pregnancy issue coming on board there. So yeah. I think that's something that women particularly are vulnerable to. Or they feel they're vulnerable to because everyone's worried about that perception they may have, mm-hmm. um, that they may not get that promotion. Yeah. Another one we were discussing earlier is people with disabled children mm. because they're worried um, that perhaps my employer will think my mind's going to wander. Mm. Perhaps they'll think, well, that child's got a tendency to be ill and mm. therefore I don't want to make him the project manager on this project because Dad's going to want time off every four days if his son's ill. Yeah. So that's a real mm. issue that I think people feel that they have, you know, mm. and they've got to be bold and raise it. Yeah. And if they think, well, hang on a second, I'm more qualified than my colleague, and the only issue is, is it because I've got children? Mm-hmm. Ask for feedback. Why yeah. didn't I get the promotion, please? Mm-hmm. Can I have some guidance? And see what they, we'll see what they say to you. Yeah. See how they rationalise it to you. Because can they justify it? Mm-hmm. Age is a classic one, you know. Yes, it, we appear on the face to be discriminatory because mm-hmm. we say we want someone who's more senior, but actually they can justify it because they need someone with the bare minimum experience. Yes. You know, so we see sometimes that it can be justified, but ask them to justify it to you. Mm-hmm. Get an explanation. Yeah. Um, just one thing I want to clarify that's been running through my mind. Can mm. an employer be held vicariously liable for their employees and their um, maybe a client? Is that something that's possible to happen? Yeah, employer can be held vicariously liable for acts of discrimination by uh, uh, an employee mm-hmm. if it's during the course of their employment. Okay. Um, so it, that tends to happen a lot because, mm-hmm. you know, effectively it, the employer, um, uh, you know, somebody in the organisation, an employee or somebody is carrying out the acts mm-hmm. of discrimination. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in, in that situation, if it's during the course of employment, then the employee can be held liable mm-hmm. if it's doing, you know, um, so that's known as vicarious liability. Mm-hmm. And if you were bringing a claim, you know, you could you could bring a claim, well, well, you would bring a claim against the employer, yes. but if it's acts of uh, harassment, you can also bring a claim against the individual as well. Okay. Yeah. And I think on that point it's important because this really goes to the sort of the small business and companies that might be listening today. Mm-hmm. You won't be held vicariously liable if you have taken all reasonable steps to prevent the discrimination and the harassment and the victimisation. Okay. And one of the factors that the tribunal will look at in making that assessment mm-hmm. is, well, what have you done to prevent it? And that's where you can say, well, I provide training to my managers, I have a very clear policy on equality training, mm-hmm. or my interview that are recruiting have done bias training, they Mm -hmm. understand this, and we have this very clear grievance procedure and an open-door policy. So employers shouldn't be worried that they'll be unnecessarily held accountable for conduct of employees or other people, Mm -hmm. but they need to remind themselves, have they really done enough to tackle it? So it's not just about having that good grievance procedure when your employee triggers it. Mm -hmm. It's bigger than that. You know, small companies listening, it doesn't actually cost much to bring a lawyer in for a training conference or a session once a year Mm -hmm. on harassment, victimisation, equality. Mm -hmm. Have your staff been trained on it? Yeah. Do they they know what we've been discussing this evening? Mm -hmm. Is someone going on the HR courses? Mm. Uh, That's actually 
could be your defence mm-hmm. as a small company. Yeah, and, and really important as a small company because, you know, we deal with a lot of uh, companies and a lot of the time small companies, they fail to have any procedures in place, mm-hmm. any policies in mm-hmm. place, and you're opening yourself up to uh, issues yeah. uh, because if a tribunal asks, well, you know, what have you done to, to, to prevent these acts of discrimination? Mm-hmm. You don't have anything in place. You don't have a, you don't have a, a policy. You don't have a staff handbook mm-hmm. which states that we won't condone any acts of discrimination. discrimination. Yeah. So really the starting point, if you're a, a small business, any employer, is to have in a, a place a staff handbook or a policy mm-hmm. which makes it very clear that um, you know what 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 is discrimination um, that you're not going to tolerate acts of discrimination mm-hmm. and potentially that you know what you would do in in, in that situation to mm-hmm. take some form of action mm-hmm. um, because it's really important as a defence um, for an employer is to say well look I've taken all of these reasonable steps yeah. in the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially very big businesses in terms of if you're a large business the tribunal expects you to take even more steps yeah. All right? yeah. um, so like having training in place um, bringing people in um, all, you know all of those things mm-hmm. and that's actually where <coughs> Our second buzzword for tonight keeps coming in about mm. the log. That's where the log equally should imply to you as an employer. Yeah. So you you log, I've got a harassment um, grievance was made to me today. Mm-hmm. I read the letter on X day. Mm-hmm. I've requested a meeting on Y day. Mm-hmm. I interviewed the following three staff on Z day. Mm-hmm. And about having good auditing and record keeping so if for example um someone's come to you and said at the staff party mm. steve got a bit handsy by the table and he actually has done this before and i'm uncomfortable with steve's behavior towards me i think he mm-hmm. behaves this way because i'm a female yes then you should be conducting a grievance hearing then drawing a parallel to misconduct mm-hmm. uh, but recording it so Write to Steve if you find the case is proven, you've gone through the right steps. Write to Steve, Mm -hmm. put it in writing that this behaviour isn't going to be tolerated. Mm -hmm. It's about accountability, it's about taking steps. And you raised actually an interesting point about third parties, Mm -hmm. so actually someone outside the office. Now, third party harassment was actually removed when the Act was redone about 2013 from memory. But you still have an obligation as Mm -hmm. an employer to prevent it from happening. So if you have customers coming in and they are being rude and you hear it mm-hmm. tell that client that it's not acceptable to speak to your receptionist in that way or mm-hmm. actually please don't refer to my accounts manager by that term mm-hmm. i find it offensive because if you don't do something to make that employer's environment safe for that employee mm-hmm. then you could be held liable mm-hmm. even though it's not you yeah mm-hmm. so i would still say even though the law gets more complex, it's more nuanced, it's always changing. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself this as the employer. Am I creating a safe, peaceful, open, no hostility working environment? And if yeah. you are, you're going to be absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I think it's really important because dealing with these issues um, all the time, uh, sometimes employers try to sort of sweep things under the carpet yeah. uh, and they also try to um, you know find excuses I think it's really important to be objective in that situation mm-hmm. so if someone's made an accusation it's for you as an employer to really um, look at it objectively uh, and to um, and to, to 
to make the right decisions in, in that situation, mm-hmm. um, carry out a thorough investigation, mm-hmm. interview people, um, take statements, you know, all of these things. Yeah. Um, sometimes you know, employers try to sort of, you know, brush things away and so well, you know, it's not really a big issue and mm-hmm. uh, not really look into in detail. You're opening yourself up, really, yeah. to, to a claim. Mm-hmm. And I think what we're finding more and more... Uh, uh, especially in sexual misconduct allegations mm. or sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. And there's a number of companies where the press says there's, there's an endemic almost, it's just ongoing. Mm. Uh, we're seeing, and it's important, I think I would advise this, that perhaps because of that sort of prejudice that you may sweep it up, get a solicitor in to investigate it, mm. yeah. actually. Yeah. Bring someone in to speak to the witnesses, mm-hmm. bring an independent adjudicator in, if you like, to make the finding. Yeah. And that's actually a tool that not enough companies are using. Mm. And it removes the sense of prejudice when you can say, um, I got someone independent in. Yeah. And what it also does, it's, it's much more than money and cost and expense, is also creates the right impression for your employees. Yeah that they'll actually feel much safer raising agreements or concern in our experience mm-hmm. when they know that actually you may bring in someone external to review it. Exactly. Or there may be someone from even a different team. If you're one of our bigger companies listening, you've got seven offices, don't you investigate it in Luton? Why don't you bring in a manager from St Albans? Mm-hmm. Or bring in, you know, your offset manager from London up to look at it. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to go external completely and pay for a lawyer or mm-hmm. an independent adjudicator. Mm-hmm. But just think always how will this look yeah how will this look am i inviting transparency mm-hmm. and a degree of openness in the way of on my business mm-hmm. that's what you want to protect against massively yeah. yeah i'm glad we've spoke on both angles as an employer and as an employee also mm. um before the break or during the break sorry we had a small discussion about how crime can slip in because i know yeah. we all here have <coughs> done a bit of um criminal work how can um, the criminal aspect now sneaking because I've actually had a few inquiries where people say, "Well, I'm actually not sure if it's employment or criminal." Yeah. So, how have you had any experiences? Or yeah, how I mean, that come into this play? is where my crossover is. I'm predominantly a crime and corporate criminal specialist with some ex- employment experience uh, in mm-hmm. those tribunals as well. Yeah, because there is a massive crossover here. Mm-hmm. Sexual harassment can actually be a sexual offence mm-hmm. under Sexual Offences Act. Yeah, so that fellow employee who's behaving in that way or your employer could find themselves being prosecuted if you make a referral external to the police mm-hmm. or the company itself decide they're actually going to refer that employer or employee mm-hmm. externally. So that's where the crossover is. And that's very important, actually, mm. because it can affect the way you want to conduct an investigation mm-hmm. and or affect the way you communicate because there could be we're discussing this earlier weren't we actually about what if you're going to be the defendant Mm. now if i'm running a trial in the crown court where i know there's been an internal investigation yeah i'm going to ask for everything Mm. i'm going to ask for every note every scrap of paper in that employment file yeah so it's always worth remembering whether you're the employee or the employer someone could be seeing this. The email I write, that could be seen. Mm -hmm. The notes I take at this meeting, that could be seen. Not just in this employment context, but there could be a serious criminal allegation here. Mm -hmm. Mm. And I think everyone thinks, oh, because it's at work, it's behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. Well, 
you know, for most offences, there are no closed doors to crime. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. some offences need to be committed in public, of course. <coughs> the technicality is there. Mm-hmm. But because the sexual harassment takes place at Christmas staff party, it doesn't prevent the police arresting someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can happen. Yeah. You know, and there, there is a, a very... This is to emphasise, I suppose, that this isn't, as we started with, this isn't a joke. Exactly. Mm. This behaviour has serious ramifications. Mm-hmm. The behaviour is criminal in a number of cases. Yeah. That's mm. what we're seeing here. Yeah. And we're seeing a lot more of almost concurrent proceedings. Mm. You know, you're sacked for internal fraud and there's an employment tribunal and you're now going to be interviewed by the police. Mm-hmm. But it can work the same with sexual harassment, mm. racism. It, it can all lead mm-hmm. um, to something far, far more serious mm-hmm. on paper mm. than the employment issue. And it's really important um, in the circumstances, especially if there's a, a very serious allegation, mm-hmm. is that you get legal advice in the first instance because you could effectively, um, you know, if you were to say something to your employer as part of an investigation, that mm. can then be used in the criminal context. Yeah. So you have to be very careful in terms of what you do and what you you say so you have to in the circumstances it's very vital that you get legal advice mm-hmm. especially for things like fraud theft assault and uh, in the workplace mm-hmm. these are all things that can be you could be prosecuted for in so a criminal more, yeah. uh, sphere um so you have to be careful as to what you actually en- end up saying to your employer mm-hmm. because some people just go into a meeting and just you know divulge everything mm-hmm. so you just have to be careful Well, thank you both for joining me today. That is all we have time for. Please join us next week for the next segment. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at InspireFM Luton.